It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to another episode of All That's Jazz. The music sampling you just heard is from a new exquisite album by my guests today, jazz trumpeter John DeVersa and guitarist Justin Morell. The release is called All Without Words, Variations Inspired by Lauren. John and Justin, thanks for joining us today on All That's Jazz. Thank you for having us. It is indeed a pleasure, as is the entire recording itself, uh, to listen to. It is truly a pleasure. And this new project was created by these two longtime friends. It's an orchestral masterpiece, in my opinion. And all the selections are composed and arranged by Justin. And his inspiration came from listening to the utterings of his 16-year-old nonverbal autistic son, Lauren. Justin, let me begin with you by asking you about the development and this inspiration behind the album. Yeah, you know, the the theme that's called Lauren's theme, the first movement of the piece, is it's really, it's the melody that my son sang. He doesn't sing deliberately so much as he, you know, he just likes to make a lot of noises and sounds when he's hanging out. And I happened to be sitting with him one night and he, he I captured this this melody essentially on my phone and transcribed it and, and used that for the basis for all the variations that follow. And so each of the variations speaks to a different aspect of my relationship as a parent of a child who's nonverbal and has trouble communicating and and has various you know learning challenges and things like that. So that's really what the piece is about for me. So in developing this, though, were you recalling either certain moments or experiences uh, in your life and in your, the relationship with Lauren? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think, you know, I, I mean, the first part of it is that I felt that the that the theme that he sang really was like a gift for me because I, I as soon as I realized what it was and I, I started to think about it and play around with it, I felt like it was just this magical melody that I could do all of these things with. I could try all these different ideas out. So as I was composing the piece, I would be exploring the melody and and thinking about where it came from. And then at the same time, I started to, you know, I was thinking about him and experiences that I had with him and uh, I guess emotional weight of, you know, a lot of those experiences and some of the hardships and things that we've gone through as a family. And so all of that is kind of baked into the compositional process for me. As you were developing this in your mind and also transcribing to paper and beginning the composition process, were you hearing mm-hmm. guitar? And when did the trumpet come into play? 
Well, really, I, I had wanted to write a piece about my experience as a parent of a nonverbal child for quite a while. And at some point, John and I were hanging out, and he had he had asked me off the cuff, you know, we, you know, maybe you can write me a piece. And it it sort of all came together at one point that oh, well, I could write this piece for John. I mean, he would be a great voice for this melody or for this idea, really. And so, as I was working on the piece, I was thinking about the trumpet as, the, in a way, sort of representing the voice of my son and, and kind of all of these, and my experience as the parent. Not so much thinking about the guitar, but just knowing that this was going to be an orchestral piece and keeping in mind the different colors and things that would be possible with the orchestra and trying to make this piece a, a feature work for John so that he could explore it creatively, but also so that, so that the trumpet is really the center of the focus and, and kind of keeps us, keeps our attention on the, the, the meaning behind the piece and the, and the mission behind it. So John, when Justin posed this to you or the two of you first started talking about it and he mentioned maybe the trumpet being the the hallmark of the release or or at least the music that he was putting together, did you find it to be a challenge to be able to recreate this because this was essentially the the sound of his son or did you see it that way? It's, it's a tremendous responsibility to take on that, that role and, and understand the, the purpose and, and, and what it means underneath all of this. And, and, but of course, that's, that's why we create. That's why we express. You know, that's why I make music. So the, the mental part of it, yeah, that's intimidating for sure. But then once you start working in the actual music itself, then, you know, you let go of all of the thinking. You know, I just tried to enter in a, into a vortex where I was serving what the piece is, what it's about, the family that it's revolving around, and and serve the music, the sound itself. And, and once you take yourself out of it and it becomes something bigger than broader than any one individual, then it just falls into place. Well, it seems to me like it's a noble gesture to pay homage to someone's son and acquaintance of yours as well. It's, it's a gift to me as well to, to have that trust and to be able to, to provide a platform to, to express these things. You know, it's, it's a tremendous gift uh, to me to, to have that opportunity and and I hope that, you know, you just hope that you can be of service to the, to the subject material. You know, we want to reach other people and say, hey, everybody's having their own individuated uh, human experience here on this, on this planet. And that's all to be celebrated and all to be seen as, as an individual experience that no one else can judge. And so to be able to provide that message is important to me, too. So, Justin, what do you see as the message in this release? Well, for me, it's about, I mean, obviously, it's a very personal piece of music, I mean, because it, it is about my connection with my son. But I think, you know, what I what I hoped we would accomplish, and, and John and I both talked about this quite a lot, is with somebody like my son who has so much trouble communicating, I think it's hard for people sometimes to, to see the person and the value of the person. And so I think the idea is to call attention to the fact that each person is an individual with something to contribute to the world and and a viewpoint and an experience that's different from anybody else. And so 
Um, it really is about, I mean, we've talked about it as, you know, kind of, you know, celebrating the humanity of each individual. And, and that's really what it's about. And that's, that seemed to be what it became about for everybody that was involved in the project. Because, you know, we had so many people involved in, in just the making of this music, not to mention, you know, everything else around the production of the, the record and everything. And everybody seemed to understand that and want to participate in that and support that mission. And so that's really... It's just continued to grow, you know, as we've as we've spread the word and, and involve more and more people in the project. You know, I have to give John the credit for you know assembling the musicians to to make this happen. I mean, he really he knew who he thought the right people would be to involve in this project, and and you know the you know one person I think knew somebody else, and you know it it became a a thing where, you know, once people understood what the mission was of this project, they wanted to be involved in it. And so for me, knowing that, knowing that when we were going to be recording this project, that everybody understood what it was about meant that it felt very comfortable. And, and you know, we felt like we could, we could get to the emotion of it without having to really deal with, you know, the, the other kind of things that sometimes come up in the, in the business of, of making music with people. And I think, you know, it, from a composing standpoint, I felt like, you know, even though the project seemed very massive and in a way less personal because I knew that it would involve a lot of people, I also felt that it was just a lot that I wanted to say with this melody and, you know, to, I mean, I, I remember talking to John early on and, and kind of conceiving of it more as almost a chamber orchestra piece. And then as I, as I got into the composing and the sketching, I, I started to think, no, this needs to be bigger because... There's a lot of stuff that I wanted to say, and I just felt like there were, you know, it's it's easier to say those things and to c convey that emotion when you have that kind of, you know, that that those kind of musical forces behind something. So John, how long did it take to get to the point where you could take this to a recording studio and make it become a reality? <laughs> that's that's you know the mischievous part of my mind says you know we're still not ready uh, you know but you just put the dates on the calendar, Alan. You know it's it's you know Justin and I had a had a target date for having the piece finished, and then. We had to take available times when when we could get into the studio just logistically and and do it. You know, then you start making preparations and try to 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 give the music to the musicians early enough where they can at least uh, you know bond with it and and practice the just the mechanics of it all. And and you know, I trust that we're working with world class musicians and that they're going to be on top of their game. And then we're we're going to put it together 
as long as we communicate about what the piece is about and as long as they have enough reference points to, to other similar musics to at least have a starting point. I mean, it's, it's not like there was a rehearsal before we did this. We, <laughs> had, we had to go in and just do it, you know, like so many projects because there's, you know, the budget for something like this, it's amazing that we got it done. But to really, you know, have rehearsal beforehand, that's just not an option. I don't know if that's what your question is is uh, is leading toward, but I mean it's it's uh, you you call world class musicians and and put them all together and then magic happens every time. Well, the magic truly happens in this recording, and it, it seems like everybody bought into it uh, and was emotionally connected and passionately performing to deliver the message and to stay true to the theme and pay respect to what, uh, what I'm sure that Justin wanted for this to say to the world. Well, and Alan, so many of the people that I, that I called to participate in the recording of this project, some I knew had personal connections with, uh, with people in their lives that are on the spectrum of autism. And, and others I didn't know. And then, I, you know, we found out all of their personal stories and how they're connected. And, you know, it, it, all, it all really came not to overuse the, the word, but it really came to together in magical ways. You know, I, I'm curious about this. The The album itself is is titled All Without Words, and yet when you look at the credits uh, on the liner notes in the album, there's a choir. Right. But there are no, there's no text. So, I mean, the choir is singing, you know, they sing syllables and sounds all the way through, but they don't actually sing any lyrics at all. And... Um, and so it really is, it's a, it's a nonverbal experience. It's a reflection of a life, really, and a, a kind of communication that, result, that revolves around little to no verbal exchange. It was interesting and it was also in some ways it was it was kind of good that that happened because you know we were recording this in the middle of the pandemic and the singers had to have masks on during the recording process and it, it would have been extraordinarily challenging to enunciate text with masks on so it it was funny how that even even seemed to work out with the timing of everything so it lent itself to the the actual project as well it really did strangely yeah there are 12 tracks on this particular recording. It begins with Lauren's theme. By the way, has he heard this? And what kind of reaction does he get when he listens to this music? Or is that something you would rather not share or is private to you? No, I'm happy to share. Actually, yes, he has heard it. He's listened to it quite a bit. Um, the interesting thing about my son is that he listens to music constantly. And when he listens to music, he listens to it from multiple sources at once. 
So usually there are three different things playing music on in his room or his area at one time. Um, so when he's listening to it, it's usually in combination with, you know, some pop music that's on pan playing on Pandora and something else that's on uh, playing from Apple Music somewhere else. So it's hard for me to gauge his reaction to it, you know. Um, I mean, he's, you know, I, I don't know. I would be curious to know if he feels a connection to the melody. And, you know, the melody is, I, I slowed the melody down quite a bit from where he originally vocalized it. So, so I don't know if it would be, if he would think to himself, yeah, that sounds like something that I would sing or not. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to read, really. Are the challenges within the context uh, of, of this particular recording to, uh, let's say, uh, like the, one of the tracks is called The Smallest Things. Is, is that something that was challenging or was a moment of joy or how would you describe that piece? Do you mean for, for, for me as a, like what the title is describing and yes. what the music depicts? Well, it really is, you know, my son, if, if you meet my son, you might get the impression that he's not that aware of the things that are going on around him, just because, he, you know, he doesn't communicate in typical ways. And so, um, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that a lot of times he's very aware of very, very small things that I would not think that he would notice, and I certainly wouldn't notice. So, um, sometimes I'll, I'll catch him, you know, it looks like he's staring at something off on the floor somewhere or something, and I, I see nothing there, you know, but he'll go and find like a little tiny thread or something like that that just happens to be there that um, just, you know, you would never even notice. Or like I said, I mean, he has he has lots of music playing on all the time, and if one of them goes off, I don't know, there's so much other noise going on, I can barely tell what's happening, and he'll know exactly, you know, like, which speaker is not working, and, you know, that that thing has gone off. It really, I mean, that movement is really about the idea that, you know, sometimes these things are not that obvious, but they're still there. You know, there's a, there's a real awareness of, of very, very minute details, and it fascinates me. John, let me ask you, tell me about the urgency of every moment. You mentioned that earlier, so let's come back to that. And why did you feel that might be close to possibly a seminal piece or one that stood out? Well, it's it's one that has a lot of it's action packed. Uh, so music, I was just speaking musically. It's it's got a lot of dynamics. It's got a it's more up tempo. And Justin wrote a trumpet solo that goes goes on forever. Uh, <laughs> it, and and you know th there's just a lot of development throughout. And and it's it's got a Copeland esque reference to it.
and I think that uh, a lot of people have responded to it very positively. You know, if you're not listening to the record all the way through, I think that's one that you could take out of context if needed. That's why I mentioned it. I think it's absolutely brilliant through the whole thing. You know, they're all, and they're all very particular to whatever, you know, that particular narrative that Justin was writing. Mm -hmm. The two of you have known each other for quite some time. Uh, where, where does this uh, relationship or friendship begin? The question is, where does it end? <laughs> well, that, that's very poignant. Well said. It might be with this record. I'm, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, so, so both of our fathers were uh, Los Angeles studio musicians. You know, in the, you know, I don't know when, when your dad, Justin John Morrell, started. Uh, late 60s, maybe. I know my dad. Yeah, late, late 60s. Yeah. yeah. So they got started in the same time. And, and they played for, all, you know, every movie and, and television show, you know, for, for 15 years. Right. You know, I don't know how long the duration. We moved to Oklahoma in 1980, but then my dad would still come out in the summers and play, you know, Knight Rider and Smoking the Bandit and all that stuff. So, so they were friends. They were good friends through the studios. And then, uh, you know, and then, you know, the families were, were good friends. You know, our, our moms are really good friends. And so by the time Justin and I came around, uh, we knew each other since, you know, we were, we were born. And I, I saw Justin take, take apart all the tape recorders that he had and, you know, playing guitar and writing tunes for his dog. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got to share that childhood together. And, and, then, and then I was away for a while and then we came back and, and just com we connected musically immediately, you know, when we were the last couple of years of high school, and then we ended up going to UCLA together and uh, really developed musically together. We played so much music together. It was just all music. And that bond is, uh, was very strong and still is. And so the idea of collaborating now with each other, and we have so many more plans to keep doing it, there's a trust and there's an understanding of of a similar language and a similar intention that we both share that's, you know, incomparable. Well, the two of you have collaborated on other recordings as well, so this is not the first. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Justin wrote a, a guitar concerto for for large jazz ensemble that we recorded here at University of Miami featuring Adam Rogers on guitar. Uh, we got to do that a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, I've played on several of, of Justin's records with his Dectet and Septet. And, uh, and Justin played on my first uh, big band record that was recorded live at Catalina's uh, 21 years ago on his birthday. Mm -hmm. Is that right? I don't even remember yeah. that. Yeah, it was uh, the year 2000. Wow, okay. Well, it's an incredible body of work that you two have created. And the reviews on it have been fantastic. And there's one particular review that stood out to me, and that was uh, from Jim Hines, if I'm saying his name correctly, from Making a Scene, where he said, this is one of the most beautifully eloquent pieces of music this writer has heard in recent memory. Expect to see it in Grammy conversation, both for morale and composition, and Diversa's amazing work as a soloist. What say both of you to that? Yeah, that's that's a very very nice comment. I, I appreciate that. It's it's you know you, you 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 create the music because it needs to be created and and you know and you you hope that that there's an audience out there that understands what you're getting at and understands the intention and the emotion and feels something 
you know, from from the the baby that you're you're birthing, and so to know that it's received in the way that you intended, and plus, they're receiving it, you know, through their own lens, you know, that's when it still has, you know, it continues to have more and more life. So that's mm. that's the ultimate when it's received that way, and I thank him for that. And Justin, do you feel like maybe this could be Grammy? Uh, headed or is that something that's taboo to talk about for fear of jinxing uh. i mean i i couldn't tell you all i all i can say is um you know it's it's certainly i mean for me it, it has it has a different kind of meaning than anything that i've done before um it certainly is on a scale really of you know i mean i haven't done anything quite this large scale before um, so, you know, and, and I, and I think I, I haven't done anything in which I felt so connected to the mission and the spirit behind the piece. And so, um, you know, I, I'm very proud of it and I just hope that it continues to reach an audience and, and however it, it can do that, I think I'm grateful for it. Now the release came out in April of this year, if right. I uh, have that correct. But yet the live premiere performance of it has not taken place yet. Uh, is that still on the radar? Uh, I know pandemic is still causing uh, a lot of uh, strange things to happen in the performance world. Yeah, I mean, we've been watching that and trying to make that decision all the way along. And it's we finally decided, okay, we're going to do it uh, actually on my birthday, on October 2nd. We're going to premiere it uh, here at the University of Miami with the with the Henry Mancini Orchestra. Uh, Maria Schneider is the artistic director, and she's the one that really, you know, I I, I sent the project to her, and she really uh, embraced it and and loved Justin's writing and the, you know, the the intention, the music, the the mission, all of it. And so she wanted, she was very determined to uh, to perform it, you know, this season. And so we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Uh, at Gusman Concert Hall, October 2nd, and I need to start practicing yesterday to be able to do this. And well, can't, can't wait to, to bring it to life in, a, in, a, you know, in front of an audience. That's going to be very, very special. I would imagine uh, that it will be a, a very beautiful evening for anyone and everyone, including both of you, all the musicians. I don't think, John, you need to practice too much. Your playing on this particular release is exquisite top to bottom. I mean, it's, it, it's almost uh, bringing the type of tears to your eyes, just the musicality and the passion behind uh, your performances are, are amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Alan. I, I appreciate that. You know, that's, that's kind of what I was talking about before. I, I, I tried to, certainly with this project, just, just, uh, be the vessel for the sound that needed to come through and 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 do my best not to get in the way of that and so i hope that comes out through the music well i'm and sure you know, there, go ahead justin there, there there's a little story that that i like to relay which is you know um a composer friend of mine heard the heard the record and you know was really taken by john's performance and and said something to me like wow you you must have you must have had a lot of discussions about how to approach playing it and you know what what were the things that you talked about and i said i said we didn't really talk about anything i just gave john the music and that's how he played it and so i think it really is a testament to the 
just to the level of artistry and and um, and John's ability to connect emotionally with the music. And you know, you don't really have to say anything. You just give him the stuff and let him do what he does, and it just sounds incredible. So I mean, who who wouldn't want to write for that? Are you planning any future collaborations or further projects at this point for the two of you uh, together? Yes, definitively yes. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, we have something planned, uh, you know, coming up. Uh, you know, Justin has something to write, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we're collaborating with with you know, it's another very special project, you know, with a, with a different mission. And then you know it's it's too rare not to take a take advantage of this this kind of uh, collaboration. So, uh, Justin, any uh, chance mm -hmm. you might give us a little peek from behind the curtain as to what John's referring to? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm it's still here, Alan. Still here. It's a little early in the process yet. I mean, we do. We, we do have a, a, a pretty strong concept in mind, but it involves, um, you know, getting a lot of people on the same page. And so I think it's a little too early to, to get too into the details just because we're not sure how it's going to shape up. But it, it will be, it'll be a large scope project. I mean, something similar on the scale to All Without Words. And, um, and we hope a chance to, to include, you know, again, a, a a diverse group of people who, you know, have important things to say and contribute and messages to get across. And so that's, that's kind of where we're headed. So before we put that cart before the horse, uh, <laughs> what about uh, live performances beyond uh, the Frost School and uh, Miami uh, premiere of this? Yeah, well, well, the hope is to, uh, is to try and, and, and play this, you know, at different different orchestras around the around the world, you know, and I hope that it continues to pick up the momentum that it is, so that uh, <clears throat> programmers will see this as a program that they would want to have on their series, you know, over the course of a of a season. Um, so we're looking into that, and I hope that, and I think that some of them will start to uh, start to line up over the next few years. I mean, this is going to be an evergreen project that we can bring uh, for the next number of years to different uh, areas in the world, different orchestras and different organizations. So I have, I have, uh, I expect that to be in the works. Good. Well, uh, I, I'm sure that everyone would enjoy this. I, I would love to see this performed uh, in person, be it mm -hmm. with the large ensemble that you had on the recording or one that maybe, uh, I'm sure, just for purposes of performance and travel, it may be scaled down a bit, but still the message, the music, and the beauty of it will all always be there. Yeah, thank you. So, Justin, what is the takeaway that you hope that people will arrive at uh, in listening to this particular recording? I, I certainly hope that, that people connect to, well, I'm open to people connecting to the music however they want to connect to it. Um, I mean, I, I would certainly like for anybody to be able to just listen to the music and, and just enjoy the experience of listening to the music. But really, you know, what I would like is for people to, you know, when they're, when they're in the world and they're connecting with especially people from the autism community that might have trouble with communication or that might exhibit 
behaviors that seem to be unusual, I would like for people to, to just remember to keep an open mind and remember that there is a, an individual person inside there that has ideas and things to express. And even if those things are expressed in ways that are unfamiliar or can, can even seem uncomfortable to people that, um, you know, we all need to be patient and we need to be a little bit more accepting and, um, and just kind of, you know, try to, try to see the world through other people's eyes as best we can. Um, that's that's really you know I would hope that that the music makes that connection in some way. Well, it is masterful and it is beautiful, John uh, Justin. It's been a pleasure. I thank you very much for your time here and being our guests on All That's Jazz. Alan, thank you again for for having us and and sharing this with your audience. You know, this is this is how we we get to connect and get to share and and uplift and, and raise awareness. So, you know, I'm appreciative for all the work that you do and appreciative for your audience for hanging out with us. It means a lot. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And by the way, uh, our listeners should know that there's actually a website that was created specifically for the release. Justin, you want to tell us about that? Yeah, the website is called allwithoutwords.org. And you can find out about more about the music. You can find out about the musicians involved in it. And you can also see visual art that's created by autistic artists that um, created work inspired by the music. And they've just made some wonderful pieces of art and, and we're hoping to spread the word about their work as well. Well, thank you again for your time today and all the best to both of you and the people in your lives. Uh, and may you continue to create wonderful music like this for all to enjoy. Thank you. So grateful. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with John Diversa and Justin Morell. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcast, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.